Good morning, good morning, my familiar hearts family. It is Monday, and you know what time it is. It's time for a new episode of the Familiar Hearts Podcast. We are on episode nine. I want you to just sit. I want you to let that sink in. We're on episode nine. We actually started season two of the podcast back on January the 10th, and I just don't know where time went. It just flew by. And it's it's just so crazy because we got like one more episode left before season two is over. Because remember, I'm only doing 10 episodes this season. So we're we're almost at the end. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, it's a part of me that feels a little bit relieved because it's just like, okay, that's one more thing off my to-do list. Then, of course, there's the other part of me that feels really sad because I enjoy doing these podcasts every week with you guys and talking about all things that are familiar to the hearts of everybody. So I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted you guys to take that in. It's episode nine. I know this episode of the podcast is coming a little bit later too, because I'm not even going to lie, you guys. I was just tired. I did all my pre-work. I looked up the question. I went ahead and wrote my response to everything, but I was supposed to record it at like five this morning and... I end up getting up at six and well, hey, I just took the extra pressure off myself and I was like, I will get it done today and it will be done by noon. And that is my dedication to you guys. So this episode of the podcast is actually really special because I feel like it's tackling something that we haven't exactly talked about in this way before. Um, In season one, we've talked about forgiveness, but This is coming from the perspective of the offender, not the person who was offended. So it's a little bit different. Um, And honestly, I just thought it could give us all a little bit different perspective. So I thought it was very imperative that I pick his question and I read it to you guys in this episode. So every week, you know, we come to Familiar Hearts because it is an audio sanctuary where we don't judge, you know, we're just talking about things that most of us have dealt with, or we know somebody has dealt with. And we're going to do the same thing this week. So I'm going to read his DM that he sent to me. And then we're going to talk about it. We're going to do some life coaching, some audio life coaching today. So are you guys ready? Of course you are. (laughs) So let's get into this DM. It reads, my whole life, it seems that I was destined for trouble, or at least that's what I was constantly told by my family. I was going to end up just like my father because I looked just like him. That's what my mom and my aunt used to say. Without even trying, I lived up to it. He was a two-bit hustler, and so I became one as well. Stealing cars, stealing from my family, money scams, selling drugs. If there was a crime to be committed, then I'm sure I've done it. I used to be a horrible person for years, lying and conniving every chance I got. I used people. I manipulated them for selfish reasons. It took me being locked up for two years to really think about the hurt and damage I've inflicted on those around me. Truthfully, I didn't even understand the level of pain I caused. Until my friend and family refused to take my phone calls, write me back, or even visit me while I was in prison. To sit in a prison by yourself with no one on the outside to reach out to can cause two things. One, 
either a person to be depressed and to go crazy. Two, a person to change their ways. For me, it was change. I had nothing to show for my transgressions. It was time to do better. Upon my release a year and a half ago, my relationships with my loved ones are strained. They don't trust me. They really don't want anything to do with me. It's like being in prison while being free. I apologize numerous times to everyone that I hurt. I'm not that person anymore. I got a legal job. I've been saving. But more importantly, I've been being honest. I've done a complete 180. Yet, the people won't let me live my past now. This causes me to have doubt in myself and question, have I really changed? Or am I just going through one of those fake inspirational changes that will be gone in the next season of my life? Manda, my question to you is, what can I do to mend the bridges that I've broken? Oh man, this is so good. I love, I love, first of all, I love talking about change. I love talking about people evolving and people just becoming the best version of themselves. So that already has me stoked. Um, but I really, like I said, I love your DM because it's from the perspective of the offender and not the person who has been offended, which is what I usually get um, in my clients and in my DM. So as always, I'm going to do my very best to answer your question and to help you. I appreciate you writing in. And I know from other conversations that you and I have had that this isn't an easy topic for you to discuss. So I want to thank you for your vulnerability. So let's get into this. You know, as always, I want to share some different perspective on a few different things. I want to briefly address your childhood. I want to talk about the realistic timeline or time frame of forgiveness, um, what it means to forgive, how, you know, how it can look. And the last thing that I want to do is I really want to prepare you for like realistic expectations of people. So are you ready? Okay, let's get into this coaching. So first thing, your childhood. When we're kids, so much of who we are and who we end up becoming is in the hands of the adults around us, you know, their actions, their words, their demeanor, their responses to conflict. It all shapes our personalities and our character. You said something in your DM that was sad to me. You said you were told by your family that you were destined for trouble, that you were going to end up just like your father. Everybody that's listening and you, can you imagine the psychological torment that that can cause on a child to be told that they're destined for trouble? Can you imagine the cloud and the type of energy and the tone that it puts over their life? So I really want to apologize to you because I'm sorry. You know, you didn't deserve to hear that. You deserve to be lifted up by words and not torn by them. Um, I can only imagine, you know, if you constantly hear who you are without having the actual opportunity to find out who you are, you, you start believing what people tell you. And once those definitions of who you are, who we are, are placed on us, it's really hard to shake it off. And the sad thing about it is like many times people project their own fears and how they feel about themselves and how they feel about other people onto their children. And, you know, we go into life carrying somebody else's torch as if it's our own. So, you know, I'm sure you've learned this by now, but you are not the sins of your father. And for anybody that is listening today, you are not the sins of your parents. You have the right and the ability to become exactly who you want to be. 
I wanted to bring that up because I felt like it was important. So I definitely wanted to take a minute to just address that in your childhood and to make sure that our listeners know you not what people tell you you are. Okay. Second thing, let's talk about this realistic time frame of forgiveness. So as you already know, change does not happen overnight and subsequently neither does forgiveness. Hurt, pain, betrayal. It's a cut that runs pretty deep, especially, especially when those things happen by the ones that we love and trust the most. There is no hurt and betrayal that hurts worse than that of a significant other, that of a family member, that of a friend. And the reason why is because those are the people that we trust the most. Those are the people that are privy to information and to different parts of our lives that other people don't have access to. So it really freaking hurts when somebody that you love does something to you. You have realized, and the truth is that you have single-handedly demolished every relationship that you had for decades You said you changed, and I believe you because I know a little bit about you. I believe you've changed, but truthfully, from their perspective and from yours, like if you've had someone who has done something wrong to you for decades and then they tell you that they've changed, would you believe it or would you be a little skeptical? You probably be a little skeptical, right? It's a very natural reaction to distrust someone, especially after they've shown you reasons why you should distrust them. One of the questions uh, that I get asked the most as a life coach, and this is particularly from the people who do offend, they're the alleged offender. The question they ask me is, how much time does it take for the other person to get over it? And the truth is, realistically, you have to be prepared for the long haul. The same amount of time and the years that it took for you to create the hurt is the same amount of time or less that it could take for them to forgive you. Let's think of the example of a partner that's being unfaithful. If they've cheated on their partner for five years, then it would be super unrealistic to expect that person to forgive you in three months. Like, mm -mm. it's five years of hurt. It's five years of lying. It's five years of manipulation. And you expect me to forgive you in three months? Like what? You know, it just kind of sounds weird, doesn't it? So this is the same way when it comes to the situation with your family and your loved ones. You've been acting a certain kind of way, lying, cheating, manipulating, scamming for like decades. You've been out of prison for like a year, year and a half. They're looking at you like, "Mm, I don't really know about him. (laughs) I don't really know if this change is really true. And then, you know, being somebody who has, you know, dealt with people who have been locked up, we all kind of know the natural flow of things once a person gets released from jail or prison. The natural flow of things is that they've had this epiphany that they've changed. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do this. And then we all know people, even you, you know, people, I know people, all of us know people. As soon as they get out, give it, I don't know, six months, a year. They're right back to doing the same thing. They can't help themselves. So not only does that distrust just come with what you've shown your family throughout the decades, but it also comes with just like naturally what we have seen people do who have been released from, you know, prison or jail is the change is usually temporary. It's not lasting. So they have certain expectations of you. 
So they have certain expectations of you, but I also want you to have certain realistic expectations as well when it comes to this whole forgiveness thing, right? So that brings me to my third point, realistic expectations. So for those of you who tuned into the podcast last week, we definitely talked about how having an expectation of, you know, people is it's unfair. I will say that expectations are a very wide spectrum and they have like a lot of gray area. So this is one of those times for that gray area. So expectations work as long as they are realistic and they consider all possibilities. So that's what me and you we're going to do right now. We're going to consider all possibilities as it pertains to forgiveness. There are a lot of different outcomes. So let's talk about them. One outcome is that your loved ones could forgive you and still not decide to mend the relationship. When it comes to forgiveness, we automatically attribute forgiveness with the word reconciliation. And that's simply not true. You know, just because somebody forgives you doesn't mean that you're allowed to hold that same space in their life like you did before the offense or the betrayal. It just doesn't. So I want you to be prepared for that possibility. Okay. So remember, forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation. They can forgive you and still decide that they don't want anything to do with you. That's expectation number one. Expectation number two, also be prepared that their forgiveness may come with stipulations. So, you know, in order for this relationship to be mended, they may say, hey, uh, we'll forgive you, but we need to see X, Y, and Z from you before this can be fixed. And honestly, if they were to do that, that would be understandable too, right? I mean, it's the same way when it comes to re-entering society after being, you know, locked up. Yeah, I mean, they're going to let you back in society and they'll let you be free, but you got to serve so much time first. Or you may have to do probation or community service. You might have to be on parole. You might have to be in a halfway house for a little bit. So there are conditions to you being able to have your freedom. Naturally so, there are sometimes conditions that people place on their forgiveness. Now, we're not judging. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's what God wants. But I'm just saying, you know, in general, how people tend to forgive or how they they could forgive, right? So that's scenario number two, expectation number two, rather. So let's go into expectation number three. Now, this is the worst case scenario. It's the case that they may choose not to forgive you at all. They may choose to continuously hold you accountable for the mistakes that you've made without any let up. The thing about change is that it's really tricky. And I'm going to talk to you about that. Uh, yeah, let's let's go into it. It was like it wasn't initially on my plan to talk about, but let's go into it anyway, just so we can have a clear understanding of, of change and just how we respond to it, what we expect and how other people look at it. So when we change, we are often so excited that we are doing things different. The first thing that we want is we want other people to see that change. We want to be like, hey, I change. You see it? Even when we work out, even when we eat right, we be in the mirror looking at ourselves and then we be asking people around us like, hey, I lost 10 pounds. You see it? I know you see these 10 pounds. And if they don't see it, then they're a hater or they're, the, or they're wrong. Um, and that's really what happens in all aspects of us evolving or us changing. We want people to see it. We want people to notice 
our growth and the steps that we've taken. In reality, most people don't, especially those closest to us. It's so much easier for someone who isn't familiar with us to see our change than it is for people who are familiar with us to see it. Why is that? That's because those people have been around us every day almost. They're around us all the time. So they don't see the changes as quick as someone who doesn't see us all the time. And and that's kind of funny, right? It's kind of like a ironic oxymoron. You would think that people closest to us would see it first because they're close to us. But no, is what we call... Uh, inattentive blindness. Because they see so much of it, they are blind to other things that that could change. They ju- They just don't see it. So this is why when you are on your journey of becoming, when you are on your journey of evolution and changing, you should never ask other people about your change. The only person that you should trust with your change is with yourself, with God. And if you are working with a mental health professional, therapist, counselor, life coach, psychologist, psychiatrist. Those are the only people that you need to be able to trust with your change. Because if we allow other people to comment on the change that we've made and they don't give us the answer that we think they should give us, then what are we going to do? We're going to feel bad, right? We're going to start digressing in our change. We're like, well, I guess don't nobody see it. You know, hey, I guess I'm not really changing. And you actually did that in your DM to me. Um, You mentioned, let me just scroll back up here. You said that, let me go back. Okay, this is what you said. You said, um, oh, people won't let me live my past down. This causes me to have doubt in myself and question, have I really changed or am I going to be one of those fake inspirational changes that would be gone in the next season of my life? See, this is why we don't look to other people to, to, to determine whether or not we change because it creates doubt. And as soon as there is any ounce of doubt, there is room for digressing and that that's something that you don't want so um I just wanted to bring out that even though that's a little bit off topic of you know why we shouldn't be looking for that validation and others about our change so the conclusion let's get back to the question that you asked now that I've given you all this context the only thing you can do to mend those relationships is to continue to show up as the new and improved version of yourself consistently and unapologetically. Do not question the journey while you're on the journey. Just go on the journey. Don't question it at all. Have those conversations with the people that you've heard, whether that's something you need to do as a group collectively, or maybe you need to pull everybody to to the side individually and have those one-on-ones. Let them know that you're sorry. Tell them that you understand their hesitation and that you are willing to wait as long as it takes to rebuild that trust. Tell them that whenever they are ready, that you will be there waiting because that's what it is. It's nothing worse than being hurt by someone and then they feel like you have a certain timeline that you need to forgive them. No, as the offender, you don't get to tell me or you don't get to tell the people that you betrayed when they should forgive you. That's a big no-no. Now that's manipulative. 
on a whole nother level. But what you do get to do is you do get to be open to the time frame. You do get to be open to the to the concept that this may take a while because I did a lot of hurt and it, and I did it for quite some time. So it's going to take some time for them to get over it. You don't get to throw a timeline on that. You don't get to say, well, if you're not going to forgive me in three, four months, then I just don't need to be in your life either. No, no, no. That's manipulative. We're not doing that. So you have to be open to the process. One thing that I want for yourself, like this is for you now. Now, this is not about other people forgiving you. This is strictly for you. I want you to know that only you can make yourself a prisoner of your past. Instead of worrying about mending other relationships, which is important. I do want you to, I'm glad you have that focus of fixing of fixing what went wrong and writing what went wrong. I also want you to get into the habit of forgiving yourself and thinking about giving yourself that grace, giving yourself that forgiveness. Listen, I'm not making excuses for you or anyone else, but I will say that none of us operate in the best version of ourselves sometimes. And typically, whenever we make choices, we're making those choices based off who we think we are or what we know about the world at the time. You know, the information that we have at that moment is how we end up making those choices and decisions. I'm sure that the little boy who was told that he was destined for trouble and that we end up that he would end up just like his father made a lot of decisions for the grown man version of you. But you change that and you need to be proud of yourself because of it. And you need to live in that change. God has already forgiven you. It doesn't make sense for you not to forgive you or for you to doubt your progress just because others are still skeptical of you. Got to give yourself grace. And we are teachers of how we want to be treated. We are teachers on how other people should do us. So I, I believe in energy. I believe in vibrations. I believe if you haven't forgiven yourself, then that energy is vibrating externally. That energy, that energy is vibrating into your other relationships. Do me a favor. I want you to I want you to mend your relationships. I do. But I want that to take secondary. I want you forgiving yourself to take precedent first. I want you knowing that at that particular time you were maybe even unconsciously, subconsciously living up to those definitions that were placed on you as a child. I want you to know that you did what you could with what you knew about life at the time. As soon as you started thinking different, as soon as you started realizing different, you started doing different. I want you to realize that. I want you to sit in that. I want you to know that. I want you to focus on that. Okay. So don't be a prisoner of your past. You don't have to wait for other people to forgive you, to release you. You can release yourself. God has already released you from it. So that's all of my feedback for today. I know you guys are like, feedback girl this was short today I know you know why it was short I didn't go talking about my life today (laughs) we're gonna talk about my life next episode but I I just wanted so much to read this because like I said it had so much goodness in it um and it was just from a different perspective it was from the perspective of somebody who was the offender um 
you know, I've had this conversation with an old friend of mine last week. I've had this conversation with another friend of mine last month. And, and even, I don't know, a few days ago that we're all the villain in somebody else's story. And sometimes being that villain, people can really be committed to their definition of who they think we are. And that that could or could not be true. Um, but only we have the power to change that. We can't change other people's perception, but what we can do is we can change it within ourselves and hope and hope that that change that we may translates with the, that other person or translates with people. Um, change is tricky. It's tricky. It's long. Um, sometimes it goes unnoticed. And then when it does get noticed, sometimes it's not believed. However, Changing yourself for the better is always worth it, whether you're forgiven or not, whether other people see it or not, uh, whether it's detectable, even sometimes to yourself. Sometimes you question yourself like, dang, am I really changing or is this a phase? Hey, only you know. But the only way to prove that it's not a phase is to keep going and to be consistent with it. Um, I just felt like everybody needed to know that. So that's why I picked this this DM this week. So as always, whenever I give you guys this audio life coaching, you know, take what you need, leave what you don't. I always hope that it's something that resonated with you that can make your life better or make the life better of somebody that you know. So hopefully you were able to get out, get something out of um, this week's episode of the podcast. So yes, it's time for our conclusion. And you know what we do? We do our mantra because we're mantra people. We like to set the tone for the week. And one of the things that I have been intentional about focusing on this year is about being present. I think that when we live in the moment of what is now, that that helps what's next and that it also helps the past as well because it, it, it takes our attention from focusing on things that we can't change and it puts us into a position mentally where we are focused on right now, which is the only thing that we can alter. So feet flat on the floor, forearms rested on your thighs, hands facing upward, palms upward rather to the universe. So you can be able to receive all the goodness. I want you to think with a clear mind and with an open heart. And I want you to repeat after me our mantra for familiar hearts. It is by being present, I am shaping, creating and influencing what happens next. Take a few deep breaths in and out. Let that sink in. By being present, I am shaping, creating, and influencing what happens next. All of your power is in your now. All of your power is in right now, in this very moment, with who you are, with the information that you have. Your power is now. So I want to thank you guys for another lovely episode of the podcast. I am sending you into this week with love. I'm sending you with clarity. I'm sending you with the ability to be able to forgive yourself and to be able to give yourself grace. Okay? You deserve it. You've earned it. You need it. Give yourself all of that. All of those good things. All right. Well, I love you guys and I will see you next week on the season finale episode of Familiar Hearts. All right. Take care. Love you guys. Thank you.